2: going on, everybody. This is BGN Radio, episode number 168. And I'm Jim Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Galton of bleedinggreennation.com. We are here on Carson Wentz Trade
1: Watch. How you doing, buddy? Well, Jimmy, I recall a certain BGN Radio co-host here saying that Carson Wentz was uh, going to stay. He's going to be back in Philly next year. The last I time mean, we podcast.
2: it was like I could go either <laughs> way on that and I...
1: Picked the wrong 50-50 side on that, but clearly he's going to go. Yeah, so a lot has happened basically since we've recorded. Sorry for the delay to the loyal listeners out there. I appreciate the tweets. that You care where we are. Obviously, you can uh, rate, review, subscribe, show the love here on BGN Radio. Also, help support the podcast. Go to RighteousSelling.com. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Righteous, Felon craft, jerky. But no more times for plugs, Jimmy, because we have a lot of Carson Wentz discussion to get to. That we do. And my apologies, by the way, the the reason for the delay in the podcast is I took time off. And of course, the second I take time
2: off, the Carson Wentz trade rumors start heating up. I really don't want to pay attention to anything football related at all. Sure enough, I have to. And like I didn't pay attention as much as I normally would, obviously. But I'm now back from my time off. And uh, there was a lot, not a lot to catch up on, I guess, but um, certainly a lot of uh, uh, sort of... Pro clutching—that's the wrong word, right? A lot of uh, what, what 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 do we call it? Angst over you know him getting traded. I think people are just kind of sick of like all the rumors and speculation and the drama, and they just want him to uh, you know they want the, the situation to work itself work itself out one way or another. So I guess what we'll get to right off the bat is uh, where do you think he gets traded, and what do you think he gets traded for? And I guess yeah. uh, competition somehow. What, what, what are the what are the stakes on this?
1: Whoever comes Would closest you... between me or you. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. What do we get? Um, we'll figure something out. But on the point that people have like Carson Wentz, you know, getting traded to fatigue. I mean, Jimmy, it was it was a week ago. I think it was more than a week ago I, that Les Bowen came out. And I'm not trying to slander Les here. I'm sure he heard things. I'm just saying like we've been hearing it's close for like over a week now. <laughs> so so how close? Is it or was it? Um, so, yeah, I get it. But um, in terms of where he gets traded, I mean, so we all know it sounds like it's between the Colts and the Bears. And it sounds um, like Carson Wentz would prefer to go to the Colts. I think, you know, everyone looks at the Bears and sees John D. Filippo there and figures, oh, Carson Wentz would go want to go to work with his old quarterback coach. But... I don't think that's quite the case because i think flip and carson necessarily don't have the most amicable relationship in terms of you know Wentz doesn't like to be coached hard john de filippo coaches hard um so so i don't know like when it comes to like you know having agency you know it, 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 like Wentz like saying like oh i'm not gonna play there you trade me there or whatever like i guess that can impact the deal so it's hard to say anything about the Colts if he wants to be on the Colts but at the same time Jimmy I don't think the Colts are going to break the bank for Wentz. Like I don't think they're they're dying to get Carson Wentz. Like I think they'd like to have him at their price, but yes. I don't think for anything more. Yeah, I'm with you there.
2: Um so yeah, as far as the teams between the Colts and the Bears, I would say it's high percentage Colts, very low percentage Bears, and I do not buy into any nonsense about some kind of um you know, surprise third team jumping in. <laughs> and uh, I think that's just a, a total uh, Howie Roseman uh, fabrication to try to get the Colts uh, specifically, and less so the Bears, to come up on their offer. Um, as you mentioned, Carson Wentz would probably much rather play for the Colts than he would the Bears, where John Filippo is the Actually, what is he? Is he the offensive coordinator or the quarterback's coach? Quarterback's coach, well,
1: right? Quarterback's coach, but he just got promoted this week to passing game coordinator. Got it. Okay. I knew it was something like that. So, um, you know, their relationship
2: when they were in Philly was good from our perspective in that, or from the outside perspective in that um, he had his best seasons when John DeFilippo was his coach. But uh, behind the scenes, they butted heads and uh, Carson Wentz did not like his style of coaching or Maybe more accurately, he preferred the style of coaching that he got from Press Taylor, uh, which who is now in Indianapolis, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. to the coaching that he got from uh, from Flip. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm Colts. What do you think the return will be?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a real number one. I just, I don't. And what I, what I mean by that is, like, if the Eagles get any kind of first-round pick in return for Carson Wentz, I think it's like a swap. You know, like, it's like the Eagles send out maybe their second-round pick or whatever, and they get a first. So it's really only like a jump up, (laughs) and that is a a fake first-round pick. If it was – like just for example, you know, if the Eagles send out their two and they get the Colts one back in return, like you're only jumping up, uh, what was it, like 17 or so spots there? And that's the the equivalent of that on the draft pick trade chart is like Like a late late second-rounder. I think it
2: was like 58th overall pick or something like that.
1: Yeah, it's a late second. It's not, you know, any kind of – but I mean – I just don't know, like how the Eagles are supposed to expect better. Like, like they they're, they're in a situation where Carson Wentz doesn't want to be here. Tim Mc, Tim McManus, Jeff McLean, all these guys have been talking about that uh, on the radio this week and, and written it elsewhere. And it's just apparent if Carson Wentz really wanted to be here, he could squash all this and be like, "No, I don't trade me. I want to be here." He doesn't want to be here. I don't know how that can be up for debate. Um, yeah. So I just and I just don't see the market for him. When you look around, Jimmy, we did a uh, a survey on uh for voeding this week alexis i had alexis put it together and she uh, reached out to like a bunch of different uh different teams that like could in theory be interested in carson wentz Mm -hmm. and like no one's out there like dying to get carson (laughs) wentz i know that's just a fan perspective but no one was like even like a little bit intrigued other than you know maybe like a very low cost you know like a, a low rental or a low cost flyer but like no one is dying to get carson wentz and he was the worst starter quarterback in the NFL last season. So it's not hard to see why that, that could be the case. And, you know, it's funny because I think, you know, we've seen all this talk kind of before this all heated up about how, oh, like, oh, GMs would really want to have Carson Wentz. And like that's not really, really the case, or, or at least in the case of uh, paying the price for it. I think the Eagles don't really have a lot of leverage here. So I think it might be something like Jaws said. Uh, which he said, what, like two twos and then maybe another pick? He said a two. Uh, he didn't say specifically what
2: years. It was on a uh, an interview that he did with uh, Skaversky of 6ABC, uh, where he, he just said two twos and maybe uh, like a three or a four down the line. By the way, it's funny that you mentioned uh, the thing that Alexis – I actually did that 10 years ago on Bleeding Green Nation with Kevin Cobb. <laughs> and I, and I had the same thing. So I remember like some of the teams back then, obviously the Cardinals, you know, that's where he went. The Broncos were one, a uh, few others. And I did the same thing. I pulled like their fans on their that's level right. of interest in Cobb and, um, uh, across the board, they were like, Nope, <laughs> no, we're, <laughs> we're good on that guy. And sure enough, the Eagles get a high two. And, uh, you know, what was thought to be at the time, uh, a, a high level, uh, or at least a, a high ceiling, uh, Young cornerback in uh uh Antonio, uh, not Antonio, um, Marty DRC. DRC. So, uh, they, I mean, they got a really good return for him, in my opinion. It would have been better had the um the lockout not happened. Joe Banner has said in the past that they would have gotten like the sixth overall pick from the Cardinals, which would have become Patrick Peterson. Uh, but that's a whole that's a topic for, <laughs> for another day. Um anyway, yeah, I I I don't blame fans of the other teams for not wanting Wentz. I wouldn't want Wentz if I were a fan of some other team seeing the season that he just came off of and like I think when you look at his ceiling going forward, like if you're trading for him, I think you're just hoping that he kind of gets into that, you know, like 10th to 15th best quarterback in the league. Again, I don't think, you know, the expectations should really be that he's going to be like a top 10 guy at this point in his career going forward. I mean, obviously he's not the same player that he was in 2017 forget all like the mental things and his you know want to be um you know do things the way that he wants to do and with all that all that aside just his physical ability alone coming off those uh, acl and lcl tears and his back injury and i know that people have I, like i can't i can't say that i've like shrunk myself down and traveled into his brain and have any i would have any idea of what i'm looking at even if i were there in terms of like the concussion that he sustained from the cheap shot from Jadavion Clowney, but he's got a long injury history, and certainly that has affected his play, uh in, not only last year but uh in 2018 and 2019 as well. So, yeah, I wouldn't have any interest. And your point before about the Colts, you know, be, being interested, but only at you know their price and sort of holding firm at at what they'll pay for a guy like that. And not to keep blabbering on here, but Chris Ballard, by the way, is a very good GM. And you look at their cap situation like they have the they arguably like the best cap situation in the NFL because they simply don't give away good. You know, they simply don't give away bad contracts. And, you know, the risk of them taking on uh, Wentz's contract isn't huge. It's just basically two years for, you know, 40, 40 something million dollars, 47, I believe, million dollars over those two years. Of what they'd be committing to him, which isn't crazy. But, you know, they, that's a team that does it decent enough job in the draft uh, so obviously they want their picks and they don't want to be saddled to a, a big contract so they're willing to pay what they're going to pay but I don't think they're going to be moving up any further and this nonsense of how he's trying to involve a third team or make some phantom you know third team having interest that's just going to you know kind of make the, Col- the Colts front office laugh in my opinion.
1: I think if we're just looking at what terms of make sense, not necessarily realistic. I mean, the Bears make all the sense in the world to me in terms of their positioning because they're desperate. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy should have been fired already, to be honest, Um, that they're there. uh, They're on their last legs there. They're on, you know, the the seat is warm. They're on the hot seat. They're on thin ice, whatever you want to say. Um, So they have all the reason to trade for Carson Wentz because he can probably save their job if he pans out. And if he doesn't, well, they're probably going to get fired anyway. And they're not gonna have to worry about what it took to get him because they're gonna be gone. So like I think they make all the sense in the world just from like an acquiring standpoint. Like they're the team that is most qualified to take the risk on Carson Wentz. Whereas yes. the Colts, like Colts have a good thing going there, like a good culture. Um, like they, they don't have the quarterback, but like a lot of there's a, like cap space framework, like draft picks, like it's all there. Like, they don't need to take this massive swing and like tie their wagon to this guy and right. like kind of like ruin a good thing um if they take a chance on him you know and it's more of like a flyer and it kind of i guess would be with the contract it'd probably be like a two-year deal basically if if they're getting him but i i just i don't know like the fit there i I don't think it's perfect um so and the other thing going back to like what Carson, because i think a lot of people jimmy or at least a decent amount of people are like the eagles should just keep carson wentz and i want to ask you what percentage chance you think that happens like if you know, how he doesn't get his offer here. Like, do you think he's going to blink? And if they do, I mean, just this idea, I think I talked about a lot, like this idea of fixing him, like drives me nuts because we haven't seen him improve in two very meaningful areas that are like debilitating areas in terms of uh, like team success and everything. And that's the accuracy issues. The accuracy has been bad every year except 2017. And even then it was like, like just above average. It wasn't even like elite accuracy that year. It was just like not terrible, but every other year it's been at least below our average and usually towards the bottom of the league. And then uh, fumbles. I mean, fumbles is, it's a huge issue. Jimmy he is 59 in 69 games. Like it's an insane number. And uh, there was a comparison going around that pro football reference put out on Twitter yesterday. I don't know if you saw, but they I did. They did yeah. They, they did like a, a player comparison, just posted their stats and the numbers are very similar. And it was Mitchell Trubisky and Carson Wentz, both from 2018 to 2020. Uh, it's it's similar seasons, and Trubisky two years younger. So like you know, there's more like at least in in theory, like a room to say, oh, he's younger, he's developing. Now, obviously, we all know he's bad, but I'm just yeah, saying, like, he's yeah. still he's younger. He's in theory, he's less further along in his development. And then he, he Carson Wentz also has twice the amount of fumbles. More than twice the amount of humbles of Trubisky in that stretch. So this isn't to say that Carson Wentz is Mitchell Trubisky, but it's just funny. Like we talk about Mitchell Trubisky as a total joke, and Wentz has comparable numbers in the last three seasons. So uh again, you've got to cut of, off, but you look at that Bears offense
2: too. Like they don't have they don't have good skill position players. Their offensive line is Allen Robinson. Their offensive line is worse. And, like, I mean, their defense is very good, so, like, maybe their defense put their offense in better positions at times. But, I mean, it's Allen Robinson, and then that's it. Like, you know, they don't have anything else, really. So, uh, yeah, that is kind of a funny comparison, he
1: can't, which you can't even fall back on Well, he has better weapons because he doesn't. Um, so what chance do you think the Eagles just keep Wentz? Like, if they don't care what they want, just how we blink, what happens? I think it's extraordinarily low at this point. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say it's not
2: zero, but uh, I would put it somewhere around like 2 or 3%. Like extremely low percentage.
1: You? You w- wouldn't say it's not zero. So that means you would say it's zero. Uh, okay. you double negative yourself. I there. guess I did double negative there.
2: My apologies yeah. to the grammar police yourself. you never kidding. coming back from that one. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't – I don't see how it's tenable. I don't – like it's different than – a quarterback just seems like different, right? In terms of having an unhappy player at that position. Cause like, that's the leader of your team. He's the leader of your off. Like, how do you have that guy who doesn't want to be here? Like, and isn't committed and isn't all in. I just, like, I have a hard time viewing how that works out. Um, so another big thing that's come up. Well, what was this- your percentage? Oh, uh, I'm going to say like 1% chance. Okay. Back. Just, just because of, you know, keeping the, 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 the only thing
2: I could say, you only know, like my percentage on that is just how he's saying, all right, screw you guys. I'm keeping you both yeah. to Wentz and to the other teams that refuse to come up from their offers. That's, mm-hmm. that's where my two to 3% is.
1: Right. Um, which I guess is possible, but it's just yeah. like, I just, I just don't see how that works out. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't see how a lot of things work out in, in terms of uh, some of
2: Howie Roseman's recent moves. So, like, like, well, yeah. uh, <laughs> so I don't know. There's that, but uh, yeah, I think I, I think that's the only way that that he could possibly come back. It was if he's just going to be stubborn and demand his his uh, his return, and if he doesn't get it, then he's, he just said, "All right, well, screw everybody, I'm keeping him."
1: So let's say the Eagles trade Wentz to the Bears, mm-hmm. and one of the packages or one of the players that's been potentially named in a return package would be Nick Foles. And that makes all the sense in the world, just in terms of there's no way the Bears are going to keep Nick Foles if they also get Carson Wentz. It doesn't necessarily mean he's coming back to Philly. I think maybe the Colts go after Nick Foles, you know, if if, if the Eagles don't get him and uh, and then if they don't get Carson Wentz. But there's no way, you know, Foles and Wentz are both going to be in Chicago. That's just not a dynamic that Carson Wentz is going to stand for. Um, What do you think about a potential Foles return to Philly? I mean, it'd be funny. <laughs> it like, Would be funny,
2: but uh, I mean, the only it makes sense in in the from the sense that like the Bears save more money by trading him than they do by cutting him. So if they can include him in the deal, it's not that the Eagles would want him. It's just that it's the it's a bigger benefit to the Bears to be able to offload him on somebody else. And then the Eagles, if they wanted to, they could cut Foles at any time with no penalty. So uh, I think his cap number would be like. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it was like four or five million or something like that to any team that acquires him via trade, which is a reasonable enough number for, uh, you know, your number two quarterback. The problem that you run into there, obviously, is if you hand over the reins to Jalen Hurts and he's your number one quarterback and then Nick Foles is kind of just standing there in the background. First time Jalen Hurts does anything bad in a game, everyone's calling for Nick Foles to play. So, like, I don't think that's a situation that's good for the Eagles. I would not want to bring back Nick Foles under any circumstances. If I'm the Eagles, I know he's a local hero and all that, and he won the Super Bowl and blah, 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 blah. That's great. But uh, going forward – and by the way, he's not good. Like the last – since that Super Bowl year, or I guess he played well leading up to the playoffs in 2018 as well. But in 2019, he goes to Jacksonville. Horrible there. Gets benched in favor. Now, did he get benched? I know he eventually lost his job to Gardner Minshew. He did. He got got injured at some point during the year there. But he certainly got benched uh, in Chicago. But he came back.
1: He came back after the injury and then he yes. got benched. Yeah. Okay. So, and then uh, last year in Chicago, of course,
2: Trubisky gets benched because he played poorly. Foles goes in. <laughs> he plays worse. So they bench him and they bring Trubisky back. Uh, so, I mean, his career has not gone super well. Uh, and and actually in, in Jacksonville, they they traded him and they took on uh, one of the biggest cap hits in NFL history just to get rid of him. So his career has not gone well since then. I found the Eagles. I want nothing to do. With Nick Foles at this point in his career, uh, going forward. but it's, you know, but it does make sense to include in the deal uh, if if you're just trying to get it done uh, because the Bears want to get rid of him at a at a smaller cap hit.
1: Yeah, I echo a lot of what you say there. Um, I think it does make. I think it both does and doesn't make sense. So you can see the angles of where it makes sense, and that Nick Foles is the perfect temperament of a backup quarterback that you'd like to have. You know, just in a vacuum, like of this guy who he knows his role. You know, he's not going to try to steal the starting job from a younger guy um, and make it all about him. Like he's going to be a great team player, a great locker room presence to have. Um, It would be fun just from you know this nostalgia angle it would be probably one of the best things the Eagles could do in terms of generating positive PR <laughs> right uh, like about the team making fans feel like on board with, with a move that the team is making especially when you're sending Carson Wentz out and a lot of people are going to be angry about that Jimmy right it's like right. well hey we got the Super Bowl MVP back some people will be like okay well at least he, a lot of people <laughs> would probably prefer a lot to of people had, a lot of
2: people wanted Wentz to go instead of Foles
1: a couple of years ago yep Yep. So, but I, I mean, I agree in terms of like what you would expect out of him not being good just because he's been bad. But there is that like that weird X factor to me of just Nick Foles inexplicably being better always in Philadelphia. So, um, you know, I think some people would latch on that. I agree, though. The biggest sticking point, I guess, to me is what you said about like Hertz or another young guy struggling. And then you have, you know, like this everyone breathing down uh in the media and, and or the the fans all the noise kind of like breathing down that young player's neck and being like you know bench him for foals bench him for foals right so uh, i just don't think that's yeah a great dynamic to create but i'm open to it i'm open to the possibility i know you said you, you wouldn't like it I, I can see some positive in it um but again this might all be moot if they don't trade him to the bears um but speaking of young quarterbacks jimmy what is your level of confidence in Jalen Hurts as a long-term starter on the one to 10 scale, 10 being the most confident? Uh, if, I, you know, I like his mindset. Like he certainly
2: seems mm-hmm. to, I mean, we already, who, who put it out? Was it, was it John Clark that he is assembling some of the skill position players and they're going to work out during the off season together? Like, I don't remember Carson Wentz ever doing that at this point in the seat and this point in the off season, like he did it during the summer, uh, a number of years, but for them to be organizing that, uh, this early in the off season is a really good sign for Jalen Hurts. Also, it's a, you know, further indication, not that we really need it at this point that Wentz is gone. <laughs> and so like, uh, anyway, uh, uh, I, so I like his mentality. He's got leadership qualities. Um, I, you know, there was the report that, uh, uh Joe Sanzo-Liquido put out, uh, for Philly Voice, uh, I guess it was about a week ago or it was maybe, uh, it was on Monday. Um, where it said that you know, Hertz basically he didn't actually have a cot set up in the coaches' offices, but it, it seemed like he was he was in the coaches' offices, uh, craving uh, to be coached up and and get better. Uh, whereas the same really couldn't be said necessarily for uh, Carson Wentz uh, this past year. So I like his mentality uh, in the four game, three plus games that he played uh, at the end of the year. He showed some things. Obviously, we already knew that he could run. Um, he showed some things in terms of, uh, his playmaking ability outside the pocket. You worry about the fumbles with him. You worry about his accuracy. You worry about his arm strength. So he doesn't have the same physical attributes that Carson Wentz did, at least as a thrower. He certainly has, uh, Carson Wentz's ability as a runner and then some, uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's he's, he's going to be a work in progress going forward. And I do wonder if, like, if he can fix the accuracy issues, and he can throw uh, with good timing and with good anticipation and, and all that. Then he can become a good quarterback. But he does have a lot working against him in terms of just his arm strength and his accuracy, and that's going to be difficult to overcome. So, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say that like he's going to fail or anything like that. But I'd be a little lower on that one to ten uh, level of confidence as a long-term starter. Anyway, I'd probably be somewhere mm-hmm. around like a four but I do think that he does have some compelling attributes just in terms of his mindset and what he can do as a runner.
1: I think it's a tough situation because I think uh there's merit to the idea of just kind of riding with him as your starter this year and kind of just like yeah. engaging it because I think we all kind of know it's not like the team is in position to win now anyway so it's kind of like um, to see what you have in him, you might be pleasantly surprised. I think, as you mentioned, there are things to build on in terms of um, uh, the, the football character. is Certainly, great. That's a that's a good start to have. And then uh, the mobility is nice. I thought his touch was really good. I know that it's weird to say because he was inaccurate, but the touch like, that he throws with, I just think is is really mm-hmm. nice to see. Um, doesn't have the arm strength, but I don't know. I, I would just I, I would feel good to some extent, like investing. In Jalen Hurts stock is basically how I would phrase it, just because of, because of the character, like that guy. I, I feel good uh, like going to war with him. I feel like I can go down swinging with him because, like, if he fails, it's going to be because like he put all the work in and he just wasn't good enough. Like, right. Like, I like that as opposed to just knowing like he has the talent, like so almost the like Carson Wentz and it's just like you know it's it's just there's going to be like a roadblock there. So um, it's interesting because I think it's tough to just always like, we're just going to ride with this young guy. And if it works out great, and if it doesn't, then we'll just move on. Like, it might not be that simple because what if Jalen Hurts kind of plays mediocre and then you're not in position for a top pick next year? Um, That's a dilemma. I just think back to how, like, when Nick Foles uh, and Vic were kind of starters in, or, you know, competing in 2013, I didn't want the Eagles to just give the job to Foles. I think that would be bad because I always said, like, you don't want to just hand something to a young guy like that. But you kind of want to make him earn it. Um, now it's kind of a little bit of a different situation here because you're not going to have that veteran presence. Um, but I kind of just wonder like, if they draft someone, like, is that a good environment? Like, if they trade up to draft someone, is that really a successful environment because they're not like going all in on one quarterback, you know what I mean? Like, they're not just like, we're going to try to build this thing up around this one guy, even not necessarily long term because you're not, they're not, you know, extending Jalen Hurts anytime soon, but we're like just going to. Like I think it, there is some merit to just like giving this year to be like Jalen Hurts' team uh, for a year and kind of see how it goes and then figure it out from there. Um, so because they're probably gonna be yeah. bad regardless anyway. So you're gonna be picking at the top of yeah. the draft in 2022 anyway, more than likely. You would think, probably, hopefully. I'm. Um, I, I, I would say probably like a four out of ten, like just you know under the under the halfway mark there, but a little bit closer to it. I, I have some level of hope for him. I'm not like all in, no doubts about him, but um, I think there's enough there to kind of like go through this year and and kind of see how it goes.
2: And if you like, if you can scheme your offense around him and his deficiencies, uh, I think uh, you know that's a guy that you can that that. I mean, you look at like uh, what Baltimore did, obviously, with Lamar Jackson. I don't think Hurts has, you know, the same level of talent as Lamar Jackson, obviously, either as a runner or as a passer. But, I mean, you, if you build an offense around what his strengths are, which is running the football, I think you can – I mean, I don't think you really win that way in the NFL, but mm-hmm. they can certainly win game, more games than they otherwise would uh, with, the, with the scheme that they had, um, you know, uh, with Doug last year, obviously. So uh, should the Eagles trade up? or draft a quarterback
1: at 6 uh, after they move on from Wentz. I mean if there's a guy they feel like is super strongly about and they feel like you can be elite, you have to. But I mean I wouldn't just take a quarterback to take a quarterback for sure because you have Hurts here. You don't like it's not like they have nothing to work with. It's not like they're, you know, stuck with like Taylor Henicky, for example, and like, you know, just like no like real options at all. Um I it's tough. I I if the right guy's there, yeah. I mean, you have to, right?
2: I haven't watched those guys yet.
1: Like, I've I've
2: seen plenty of Trevor Lawrence, obviously, just because they're on TV all the time. Um, I saw a little bit of Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson this year. Uh, obviously, you see uh, a, decent amu- a decent amount decent amount of uh, fields because uh, Ohio State's on TV all the time. Uh, the guy that I watched a little bit last year, but haven't recently, is uh, Trey Lance. Uh, of North Dakota state. So it'd be funny if they took another (laughs) North Dakota state quarterback, but like, I mean, that guy's totally different uh, player than, than uh, Carson. Not totally different because Wentz did have that running ability earlier in his career, but I think he's really good based from what I did see, but I still got to watch all those guys a little bit more closely. So I don't have like strong opinions on uh, the top four quarterbacks in this draft, but I'm with you. Like if you like a quarterback enough and like, while we think that they're probably going to be drafting uh, high in 2022, you don't know that for sure. Mm-hmm. And if you are sitting there at six and there's a quarterback that you just really like, I don't think you can mess around. You just take them because it's obviously the most important position in uh, in sports, arguably. So uh, you just get the quarterback that you think is going to be really, really good. And you say, screw it. And like and then that's that guy's team moving forward, by the way. Like, I don't think there's a competition at that point. Like, I mean, you can have a competition and maybe Jalen Hurts is your starter for a little while to begin the season or maybe even for the full season. Like if it's just clear, that he's way better. But Mm -hmm. I would view that as kind of like a failure, obviously. Like, but if if you're taking a guy at six or higher, like that's your guy, like that, that is who you're building your franchise around at that point. Um, So I'm with you. Like I would do it, it, but only under under the premise that like you really, really just can't pass on a guy. Well, before we before we get to the break, we gotta we gotta give our like so. Wentz is going to be traded to blank for mm. blank. You want to go first? I'm gonna or, say.
1: Uh, should I let it rip? Uh, I'm gonna say Bears for Ooh, okay. Well, because I know how you're going with this, and I don't want to make it the same. And I also think, <laughs> again, like I said, they're the most they're the most desperate team. So maybe if anyone ponies up. It's going to be them. It's not going to be the okay. Colts. It would be the, the bears who would try to, to pony up. Um, so I'm going to say like they're first, but then the Eagles send the second back. So it's not like a real first. Okay. And then maybe like a, uh, a first next year, but the Eagles are also like sending like a fourth back. So it's like, it's not like, like real picks. Y- yeah. But like, well, oh, but not right. really though, yeah, because yeah. of the two and then a four going back. Like it's like, there it's, they're swaps, basically. They're not, like, real ones.
2: Okay. I'm going to say he gets traded to the Colts. And I'm going to say that he they get a two this year. And they get a three that can become a two next year. And that's it okay. as far as compensation goes. I don't think they're going to get what uh, Jaws reported uh, was the, the best offer. But I think the other thing that can also happen is that uh, I don't think Wentz wants to go to the Bears. And I think that there's a possibility that uh the Eagles tell Wentz, well, the Bears have the best offer on the table. So you got to give something in return to make this to for us to take less to send you to another team. Mm-hmm. And I go back to that, what we thought was a really stupid thing for Mike Tannenbaum to say <laughs> back like a couple months ago, was that like Wentz could take a pay cut to be traded so that the cap hit isn't as big. So maybe he could take like a small cap hit to help the Eagles cap situation a little bit. And then they trade them to a team that they wouldn't get as much compensation for. So I'm going to say a two this year, a three that'll be coming to next year, and they get a little bit of a haircut on Carson Wentz's uh, guaranteed money. Or sorry, no, I'm sorry, uh, they can rework his deal a little bit in a way where it's uh,
1: more favorable to their cap to trade him. That'll be interesting to see. But <laughs> while you're waiting to see that, I mean, go to right to get yourself some right to craft jerky to snack on while you're waiting. For this Carson Wentz trade to drop a bunch of different good flavors, you're helping support a local business, you're helping support BGN Radio. Uh, it's it's a really a no-brainer to just go to RighteousIsland.com, use discount code BGN15 um, to get yourself some beef jerky. They have non-meat artisan snacks that you can check out. They have cool gear in terms of t-shirts, hats, and whatnot. Um, it's going to be a good decision. If you make that decision. I mean, people who've had it from BGN Radio, like our our loyal listener, Rich Bobby, um, he loves this stuff. He's always tweeting it out. So uh, you can't go wrong. Give it a try. com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Back after this.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is...
1: Back here on BGN Radio episode 168. Jimmy, it's time to play some stay or go with the Eagles defense because we did offense last week. Okay. Defensive end to start it off. So I think the big question here is what do you do with Derek Barnett? Because you know, he's on his fifth year option this year. Hasn't given in guaranteed yet. It'll be kick in guaranteed at the beginning of the league year. Um, I don't think there's any way he can be on that option, right? Right. Like he yeah. can't you can't keep him on that option. You either have to move on from him or extend him.
2: It's going to be a real tough pill to swallow for them if they have to cut him. So I don't think that's a really great option either. They could, um, in theory, they could trade him. But the problem with that is you have to carry his fifth-year option number uh, past the, the the I guess, the, the barrier of the new league year, which means you have to yeah. get under the cap with him still being on. You have to get under your cap by that time with him still counting. For I think it's a, what a little over ten million uh, on your cap, you know. <laughs> when, when you have to, like, it's not going to help to to be able to trade him, and I don't know what you're going to get for him anyway. So ideally, the Eagles will be able to work out some kind of longer term deal with him, seeing as he is still quite young. What is, what is he? Twenty four still. So um, I don't think he's a great starter. I think he's uh, good enough to be like you know, your number two or number three defensive end, and you can still pay those guys a decent amount of money because of the importance of the position. I think one guy that made a lot of sense in terms of like a comparison for the contract was Shaq Lawson, who had similar numbers uh, as a first round pick for the bills. Um, He got drafted a year uh, before Derek Barnett did the bills did not exercise their fifth year option with him. So he wound up just walking in free agency. The the Dolphins signed him to a three-year deal Worth 30 million. So that sort of is equal to the 10 million that the, the Eagles owe Barnett this year, as it is. But obviously, they could structure that in a way where the cap hit in 2021 would be very low and they could spread the rest of that into 2022 and 2023. And that's ultimately what I think they'll do with him. So I think they'll get a contract done with him somewhere between like th- for three years, I would say roughly between 27 and like
1: 31 million, somewhere in that range. How about you? So I just want to say that um, you know we still haven't seen like a fully healthy season for him, which is a yeah. concern. Yeah, right. But... <laughs> that
2: doesn't help the argument for him.
1: <laughs> well, unless you're like you're like maybe you know he finally does at some point and he just really breaks through. I mean, he turned in a decent season last year. You know, uh, he had the second highest sack total of his career. He ranked 36 out of 121 edge rushers in PFS pass rush productivity. Um, but he he hasn't been a true difference maker, and I think that's what you know people that's the hang up for people. Uh, did the stay or go poll on Bleeding Green Nation, Jimmy? And it's fifty-two percent stay for Derek Barnett, forty-eight okay. go. So it's pretty close. I put stay just because uh, I think he is a player you can, or not, maybe even can or should, but like they have to bet on basically because they don't have a lot of young talent. And I think they kind of almost have to take a little bit of a gamble here and hope, like maybe that he can become that guy. Um, they're they're not in the position to just be throwing away young talent. I guess is the way um you could put it so i'm gonna say stay on derek burnett um mine was
2: 56.4 percent
1: by the way so my my readers mirrored yours flex um so i i almost feel like like jimmy you've talked about guys that eagles might have to just restructure or going to have to restructure just to get under the cap like older guys and i think yes. brandon graham falls in that boat i would almost like I mean, you might almost want to extend him, I guess, depending on uh, what you could get done with him. I think Brandon Graham is a, a good player um, to kind of – of all the players that you're going to bet on older players-wise, I think he's a good one because he busts his butt, works really hard. Right. Uh, obviously, great character, good personality, good locker room guy to have. Played um, multiple schemes. <coughs> multiple schemes, I think. help the he, not he change over from one staff to another. He's a bunch of tread left on his tires, too, because he didn't really start until like, I think, five seasons. He was not mm-hmm. a full-time starter until like five seasons into his career. So he, it's not like he's like had all this wear and tear, even though he is an older player. And I think his game lends to uh, aging well, because he's not like a speed rusher. He's a power guy. And I think that will I always think of like how James Harrison, back when he was facing like the Eagles in the Super Bowl and was like murdering Big V still. Right. Like, I think he's that kind of player who's going to like age. You see some of these pass rushers going like to their late 30s. So I think he can be that guy. Um, so definitely, I mean, they have to keep him. I mean, they, they can't trade him. Um, yeah, they, have
2: to, they have to restructure some guys just to get under the cap. So he's, I think he's like the least of the evils on that. And then yes. and then we'll get to him in a, in, a, in a little bit. But Darius Slay would be the other guy who would make sense.
1: Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so obviously stay for, I think both stay on BLG. And then uh, Josh Sweat extension, he's, due, he's eligible for one now. Um, I wonder how that's going to work. With that's the I think that's the other side of the coin to the Derek Barnett thing. At least for some people, it's like, are they really going to be able to sign both? Yeah, well, I mean, they should
2: because he's good and he's young. And actually, there's a I mean, a very good argument to be made that he played better than Barnett in his opportunities in 2020. I think that's actually pretty, probably pretty obvious that he did. Um, they can't do an extension right now, but I think once you get into the season or once they get past. Uh, the new league year and they, they have a little more flexibility to do some stuff. So so like after like um, uh, the June one uh, with uh, uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Malik Jackson, like once they they get money freed up after June one, then that's when they can look to maybe do extensions for, I mean, there really aren't many options for for them to do extension on younger players, but he would be one. So I think if they can, Uh, convince him to take a little bit less than he would on the open market this off season, then he's an, he's a guy that would make sense to do an extension with. You don't want to, I mean, I think the good case scenario is if he has a good year, I guess, but the downside of that is that he's going to cost a lot of money next off season and someone will pay it because obviously um, and he makes actually a lot of sense for, to be, you know, sort of a scheme, versatile guy. Like I think when he came out, he, he was to me like more of like a, a three, four, outside linebacker it's just sort of his build i kind of viewed him that way and when the eagles took him as was like well fourth round sure why not but um uh yeah i i think he's certainly a guy that that you want to keep around they don't have many good young players and he's a guy that still has uh, a, a you know a, a reasonably high ceiling uh compared to the rest of his teammates
1: so moving on the defensive tackle the eagles can't trade fletcher cox this off-season, financially, it doesn't make sense. But, Jimmy, I think, you know, they start out bad next year. I Trade mean, Absolutely. I mean, they they have to, basically. If, if they're looking bad and it's just another signal that's, like, this really long-term thing, I mean, he's only getting older. Um, I know he's, like, what? Like, only uh 32 or so now. Uh, I don't but even he's think he's played... that old yet. I think he's, like, right around 30, isn't he? Let me see. He's, oh, yeah, sorry. He, he turned 31 this year. But he's a, he's a lot of... uh as opposed to Brandon Graham, who has a lot of tread on the tires, Fletcher Cox has been playing now for since 2012. And he's like basically been a starter for most of his career. So, um, and last few years, they played him
2: a lot too, because they've had defensive tackle injuries. So he has had to play a lot down the stretch. So you're right. Like he's, and I mean, you look at his, like his last great season. What was that? 20, hmm, 2018. Mm -hmm. Hold on. Let me pull this over. I actually put together a stat comparison, of uh this will just take me a second. It'll, well, it'll, it'll be worth, say, it'll be worth he's it. Played,
1: money, he's played basically like nine and a half seasons if you include playoff games in there too. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's almost up to 10. Here it is.
2: All right. So, uh in 2018, he had 10 and a half sacks, 34 quarterback hits. That's an hmm. awesome season. 2019 and 2020 combined, he had 10 sacks. And 19 quarterback hits. So, like that season, he was like a legit all pro player. And I know he made the Pro Bowl each of the last two years, but that was probably more on reputation than anything else. He has not been anywhere near the same elite player that he was that 2018 season.
1: Yeah, he's still good, but I just, yeah, I don't certainly he's certainly like,
2: a very good player still, no doubt. He can elite. help some elite. Right. So, I mean, he, he can help, and he's got horrible cap numbers the next few years. Like he's up around, let me just look that up real right. okay. quick. Probably have it just in my. Uh, there we go. So he'll count for almost 24 million on the cap this year, and then again almost 24 million in uh, 2022. And he's another one of those guys that have like uh, more money, uh, you know, at the like after their contracts expire. So the Eagles are still on the hook for 6.5 more million uh, after uh, his at, on the on their cap after his contract ends. So he's got a. It's actually got a pretty bad contract. Uh, so the eagles if they could trade him for something at the deadline then i think they'd be happy to do that i mean they take a big cap hit this year if they did it uh but they would still save money and if you can get something in return for him that's absolutely something they should do
1: i agree the just quick thing last thing on defensive tackle is hassan ridgeway will be a free agent and i would yep. say go for him because Goodbye. he's only played in 17 out of 51 possible games the last three years not great Not very durable um, but the the point on that though is they need defensive tackle depth, you know, because Malik Jackson is obviously going to be gone. I just, I just I I didn't even include him in here cuz it's just we know he's going to be a goner because yeah. they restructured his deal. He's going to be a post-June 1 cut. Um so it's yeah, it's going to be Cox and then Hargrave and then you don't really have anything behind those guys, so they're going to have to buy McGill, um Raycon Williams, maybe he can step up uh linebacker. Yes. Uh Nate Gary I'm going to say go on that one, Jimmy. To my surprise, he was
2: only the fifth uh, lowest, like he had the fifth lowest stay percentage. I thought he would be like last. I thought he was going to have like the lowest stay, but he was some, I guess, so he, like it was 6.2% stay. Who are the 6.2% people that want him back on the team in 2021? Are you kidding me? So Maybe it was like
1: out of sight, out of mind kind of deal. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) see... He didn't play in a while.
2: Yeah, that could be. But, I mean, he was horrid uh, when when he played this past season. I mean, obviously, we all saw it. But, like, good Lord, like, 6.2%? How is that possible? And, like, so, uh, you know, he's he was always, like, not great against the run. But the feeling on him was that he could be, you know, like, uh, a good coverage linebacker because he came from a safety background out of college. 2020, the uh, opposing quarterbacks completed 27 of 32 pass attempts, 257 yards, four touchdowns, quarterback rating (laughs) 139.7, according to ProFootballReference.com. So that is obviously not good. The big play, obviously, uh, that everyone will remember or the bad play that everyone will remember from him uh, during the 2020 season was the uh, against the Steelers. Where it was a bad scheme and they they got they got caught they got caught in a bad coverage, but uh, Gary didn't help any when uh, Chase Claypool just basically ran right by him for a touchdown that sealed that game. So uh, Nate Gary, God bless, have a have, have a have a good career with somebody else, my friend.
1: Uh, would you keep Duke Riley because he's a free agent?
2: Nope, he can go too. Yeah. <laughs> like he doesn't do anything for me. Like the idea that he was like some kind of star special teamer was maybe a little overplayed. I know he became the like the special teams captain uh, late in the year after the Eagles said goodbye to uh, ba- up, they, they basically ended Cam- Camus Grugier-Hill's uh, season in 2019. But no, he's he, like, he didn't even he didn't do enough for me on special teams to warrant the poor play that he gives you in, you know,
1: both facets run and pass in the regular defense. So goodbye Duke. So basically like, if you get rid of those guys, you're basically left with like Alex Singleton, who's exclusive yes. right to agent and they'll bring back on a minimum deal. Yep. Uh, TJ Edwards is coming back. Yep. And then, and then oh so my be drafted. For you is, <laughs> yeah. Well, my question for you is like, does Davion Taylor see playing time in 2021? Like, meaningful playing time and assuming like there aren't, you know, like 50 injuries or a bunch of injuries to the position?
2: Yeah. Well, he's going to be back. And I think his roster spot is a little bit more secure. Than Sean Bradley's is only because of their draft positioning. Mm. Uh, Bradley was more ready to play in 2020, and he got more snaps than Taylor did. And when Taylor played, I forget what game it was, but he was terrible. <laughs> like it was, it was really like he didn't know what he was doing. It looked like, and then he didn't. They, neither of those guys really made much of an impact on special teams. Maybe Bradley did a little bit more than Taylor, and I think that that was sort of like the bare minimum expectation that we could expect uh, from Taylor, given his you know impressive athleticism. Uh, as a linebacker, the thinking was, well, he's going to be able to contribute immediately on special teams. He didn't really like do much on special teams, so again, he's going to be back. But uh, to project him as a, you know, a major contributor in the regular defense, it's kind of hard for me to see, given that like he just totally looked lost last year, and now he's going to have to learn a new scheme this year. I don't know how much different Jonathan Gannon's scheme will be from Jim Schwartz's, but there is going to be some level of starting over there. And it's a guy that, like, you know, doesn't have a long history of playing football. Uh, he has sort of a, a, a different kind of background in terms of, um, you know, he didn't play. He really didn't play at all uh, in high school because uh, of religious beliefs. It was his family's, his family's religious beliefs. And then in college, he played a little bit at Colorado, but not much. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're going to draft somebody uh, in, in, this, in, in this upcoming draft. I don't think it'll be a super high pick like they never do. But I, I do think they are going to fortify that – not not fortify, but they'll, they'll they'll throw another lottery ticket at, a, at another linebacker during this draft, and uh, maybe that guy can can fill in. But I, I think it's probably more likely that Bradley will have a role in the uh, regular defense than it is the Taylor role.
1: Jimmy, I broached an idea last week that was getting me killed on Twitter for even bringing it up. Before we get to that, though, okay. uh, I, want, I want to take a little quick break. But before we take the quick break, I want you to tell me about Kristen Roach from Roach Realtors. Kristen Roach of Roach Tours, Roach
2: Tours, Roach Tours. Kristen Roach of Roach Tours. She's the greatest. 8
1: So back here on BGN Radio 168. I want to run through our final three positions here, Jimmy, (coughs) starting with cornerback, then safety, special teams, and then I want to get to your trash take on Girl Scout cookies before we wrap. (laughs) Uh, So, Jimmy, I brought up the idea of trading Darius Slay. Okay. Because I'm looking at this – and I'm like, it doesn't really make sense that he is on the roster of a team that is kind of retooling, as Jeffrey Lurie said it. Sure. And uh, he turned 30 last month. And I just don't really see how he fits this team's time frame, especially when it's not really as simple to me as you're just keeping Darius Slade. You basically, the, the way I'm seeing this is there's two options. One, you can trade Darius Slade now, to get something for him and clear $6 million in cap space. Or, so that's the first option. Or the second option is you restructure his deal, thus making it harder to move on from him or or more penalizing to move on from him in the future, like tying yourself to him further when that doesn't make sense to me. And I got killed for this idea, Jimmy, because so many people are like, how could you trade our only good cornerback? And it's like, this isn't an anti-Darius Slay argument. I'm not saying like, he sucks, get rid of him. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying... I don't think it makes sense to commit to him more in the future given the time frame. Uh, I also do think it was a little overrated how he played last year. Yeah, was he even next- good? <laughs> like, are we sure well, about that? Well, even if he was good, like, even if, if that's, like, what you want to argue, what impact did it have on the defense? Like, what was the value of him playing good? Because it was still a defense that, like, like, finished, like, like, in the 20s in passing DVOA. It wasn't, like, a great defense, a great passing defense, I should say. So uh, I don't think, like, he had this, like, amazing impact on the team. Uh, I still have a bad taste in my mouth after seeing him pretty happy about the one interception he had during a blowout loss to the Eagles' biggest division rival in Week 16, which they were officially eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, like, he went off celebrating about that. I mean, that's not the only reason they should trade him. I'm just, like, I really don't, like like need to have this guy here and uh so i and i i other i think the thing with that jimmy too the the pushback i got in that really showed me how i don't think a lot of people maybe maybe more so now they've come to it with the realization that carson wentz is probably going to be traded but i don't think like people have a realistic expectation of what next season is going to look like because if your argument is like they have to keep darius Slay because he's their only corner like It's not like they're like going for the Super Bowl win next year. It's not like we need oh we need this guy or else we can't win a Super Bowl. Like it's not that kind of season. It's not it's not that kind of turnaround. And if you're keeping him long enough, where you want to have him when the Eagles are good again, well then he's really old.
2: (laughs) So like yeah, and getting back to the point where like I I said, like was he even good? He was he's certainly an upgrade over what they had. Like number one receivers absolutely destroyed the Eagles defense in 2019. And you know, as a result, as you know, as a result, they 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 traded for Slay. I mean, it was either going to be trade for Slay or overpay like a Byron Jones in uh, in free agency. And they wound up trading for Slay. Contract was a little better that, than it seemed on paper initially. And you know, for the the entirety of the twenty twenty season, he traveled with the opposing re- the offense's uh, best receiver all season long, and he was better. He like he slowed down number one receivers. Uh, more so than the Eagles were able to do the previous year, but he also got like killed by a couple guys. Like DK Metcalf did whatever he wanted against him. Devonte Adams had a huge game against him, so like it's not like he was all. And that, and as you mentioned, like big like, the the nickname big play slay. Like we didn't see that he had the one pick really late in the season when it didn't even matter anymore. And he's not a guy that's going to really force fumbles or anything like that. So you know, obviously with the benefit of hindsight. Like you, knowing how badly the, the Eagles season went, like, what would you rather have? Would you ever rather have Slay, or would you rather have the third and fifth round picks that they traded for him and have all the money back that they paid him? So, like, you know, obviously, yeah. you take option number two clearly. So if you were able to trade him, save $6 million off your cap, maybe even get something in return, then, yeah, I think the Eagles should jump at that opportunity. But honestly, I don't think that, like, any teams would even have any interest in that because his base salary is $12 million. And like, do you want to take that on if you're another team in a year where like the cap is going to be like, you know, 30 million, 30, 40 million less than what you were anticipating uh, a year ago. I don't think anyone would even have any interest in his contract to be perfectly honest with you. Like who's going to trade for that contract. So I think that like, yeah, your point, like, if you can trade them, then I, I would, you know, if I'm Howie Roseman, I'm, I would certainly be interested in that. But I don't even think you could if you wanted to.
1: Okay. And that's fair if that's your argument of, like, why they shouldn't get rid of him. But if your argument is, like, then who would play cornerback? It doesn't matter. Cobble something together. <laughs> right. Like, figure it out. You don't, like, it because guess what? It's still going to be not a good pass defense, or at least probably not yeah. a great one with or without this guy. So, uh and at least in terms of team success, too, I don't think it's making or breaking the whole season. So um, it's not about an anti-slay thing so much as it's just, I just don't think it makes sense for the team in the long term. Uh, the other things that cornerback Jimmy, me. I mean, Roby Coleman should be gone. Stink. I don't even know. How is this even, how is anyone like debating otherwise? Um, was, yeah,
2: sorry to cut you off there, but he was, good job by my readers on this one. He came in at 4.1% stay. So I think he was third. The third like lowest vote getter in that regard. So good job for recognizing how bad he was this past year.
1: There was like a ton of missed tackles. Um, coverage wasn't great. And there was effort issues at times. We, uh, you think back to the Daniel Jones touchdown That's almost right. touchdown run. It looks like he was like dogging it. I was just, right. Yeah, Jalen Mills
2: was I'm, busting it, and he was able to touch him down when when J- Daniel Jones fell. If Jalen mm-hmm. Mills hadn't, he might have gotten up and scored anyway. And and you know that would have been a play where. Nickel Robbie Coleman looked horrible
1: because he just stopped running after him. I also think it's kind of relevant how Rams defense didn't miss him at all. By the way, when they cut him, (laughs) defense got better without him. Not to say that's just because of him, but like I'm, I'm just saying it's not like he's some crucial player. Um, so I guess,
2: dude, he got targeted 52 times during the season. He had he had no interceptions. He had one pass breakup. Like that seems almost impossible to do. Like one pass breakup on 20 on 52 pass attempts. Like a quarterback could like have a bad throw, hit a cornerback in the hands, and the cornerback drop it, and they get a PBU for that. So, like, the idea he had one in 52 pass attempts is kind of mind-blowing. Like, that just doesn't happen. So he's getting targeted a lot, and he still didn't break up any passes. Crazy.
1: So I think you keep Maddox, obviously, but you have to move him into the slot or safety or something. Yeah, You have to figure out something with him. And then uh, strap. I think it's actually time to move on from strap to me. As much as I love him, uh, I love for him to stay. I think you just you look at the injury issues. Um, I also think maybe he doesn't want to be back here. I mean, this team cut him last year. They brought him yeah. back right after that, but like I don't, you know, think he's feeling super loyal. Uh, I think Schwartz really liked him a lot, so I don't even know if the new coaching staff will it's like him as much. Years old too. Yeah, I, I think uh, the forty nine ers actually make a lot of sense for him because they right. need help in the slot, and uh, Corey Younglin is out there now, so maybe uh, Strap ends up heading out to the Bay. OK, um, so so I would like to keep him in a vacuum, but I just don't think Uh. it should work out. And also, I think the personality Eagles, too. like I love talking to
2: him in the locker room when we were yes. still out in there. I,
1: I just think in a, in a lot of places when it comes to these guys like Strap and let's say like Duke Riley, the Eagles should just be kind of looking for guys with more upside. Like these guys have been here. We kind of know what they are. Yes. Like they, they should look for a guy who like maybe he won't have that uh, as high of a floor as those guys but their ceiling and the floor, floor
2: isn't that big anyway. <laughs> you know, their floor yeah. isn't very high to begin. with. It's a pretty low floor to begin with.
1: And I think Strapp was bad last year, by the way. Um, so uh, go on him, unfortunately. And uh, that brings us to safety, which Jalen Mills is going to be a free agent. Uh, do you resign him? Will the Eagles resign him?
2: I think he's going to be cheap, and I think he's going to be able to play corner or
1: safety for you, depending on.
2: I mean, you you can sign him, and then you just have him. And then depending on how the draft plays out, he can play either spot for you uh, wherever you're deficient. So, uh, I mean, you can't just get, I know that like Mills has a lot of his, uh, has a lot of detractors. I think that the one great thing about him is that he thinks he's running a lot. So like, there's no challenge that he shies away from, which is great from that, at that position, whether it be cornerback or safety. And in you know, the first four years of his career, he was the number one corner on this team, which was just exceeded what his abilities, you know, what the ability that he had. And then of course he's stepping in last year into the Malcolm Jenkins role. Malcolm Jenkins was a great player for the Eagles for a long time. So those are big shoes to fill. And again, asking him to do all the things that, that, you know, that this defense asked that position to do maybe sort of exceeded his uh, abilities as well. So I think if you, if you bring him back, uh, don't pay, don't have to pay him a lot and you give him like sort of, lesser responsibilities, he's the guy that makes sense for, for me to come back.
1: I wonder, you know, how it's going to work in the do, new defense, you know, if they're playing more cover two, as opposed to, you I know, cover seven. two corner. Cause you okay.
2: can tackle well, like you're corner not or
1: safety corner. Okay.
2: Cause you're not asking uh, those guys to, um, you know, have to, um, I mean, it depends on what, I mean, there are a lot of different kinds of cover two defenses you can play. But um, if we're just talking like traditional, like Tampa two, where they're covering the flat areas and, and you know, that, that like those guys have to be able to tackle yeah. and he can do that.
1: Yeah. So I think Jalen will be back unless it's like market is just like, like unexpectedly like high. Um, again, maybe San Francisco could be team to watch if Corey Unlin like wants to make a run at him or whatever, but uh other question I have here is Marcus Epps underrated, Jimmy? I was looking at th- some of his coverage numbers from last season, and I think he's probably going to be your starter. At least you know, with Rodney McLeod right. coming off this ACL injury um, that he suffered, you know, late late in the season, he's probably not going to be back in time for the beginning of the season. I'm guessing, uh, so he might be kind of your starter, or at least one of your. And we'll see what they do. Yeah, but, it's a good, uh, it's a good
2: safety draft uh, in like the mid rounds, like rounds two through four. I would say like there's a lot of good safeties available. I think. So it depends on what they do in the draft, but uh Roddy McLeod's probably gonna be on the pop list to start the season because he, he you know mm-hmm. towards ACL so late in the season. Um so yeah, it's gonna be Mills more than likely at one safety spot. And then uh it like you said, Epps could be there. Like so like I saw that like Epps had Epps' numbers surprised me. I, yeah. I don't have him in front of me, but he had a lot of tackles, he had a decent number of pass breakups. I actually went back and watched the pass breakups on Game Pass. And like mm-hmm. he's got decent ball skills, like he was, you know, manning up against like wide receivers, and and he, he did a good job locating the football and swatting it away. So I think he's got some legitimate ability. Like he hasn't put it all together. He's only been in league two years, so and he's not gonna, he doesn't cost anything. So I think it's a no brainer to bring him back. A, but then B, as you mentioned, like there is a decent chance that that he is one of your starting safeties. again, depending on the trap that he is a you know one of your starting safeties to begin the season.
1: I think if we're looking for kind of like young players who like might be able to step up, like maybe that's a guy who, you know, like Jonathan Gannon comes in, like he, he kind of like just really like flourishes like out of nowhere under him. If yes. you're looking for like an out of nowhere guy to succeed, like I think he could be it. Just again, you mentioned some of it, but you look at like the coverage numbers, uh, pro football focus on them is like their 13th highest graded safety, which is like nuts to me. Is that like, right? What? <laughs> is that right? Yeah. 13th, really? Yeah yeah he he only allowed a 59.5 pass rating when targeted which is like the eighth best mark in the NFL he has an elite athletic profile like his testing numbers were really good yes. um don't think he might not be the best, best guy you know in in run defense or the best tackler but in terms of coverage um and he only turned 25 last month like this is a, he's just an interesting guy to me in terms of profile i think um kind of interested to see what he might be able to do in you know that in place of starting for Ryan McLeod potentially. Um, He's an easy guy to like. Not get
2: get the credit that he maybe deserves because everyone remembers the you know the biggest play was the, the the most memorable play of his career was when he let up the uh, the long pass to DK Metcalf. Metcalf that sealed the Eagles' loss in the playoffs. And then you know by the time he was playing regularly in the Eagles' defense, nobody cared anymore. Like they were already out of contention. So like anything that anything good that the Eagles, he almost didn't want them to do good things. Obviously in that last. Uh, you know, in the tank game week 17. And I believe he had a pretty good game in that game. Uh, so like, yeah, I, I, like, as you said, if, there, if there's a guy that's worth developing and maybe he gives you something that you weren't necessarily expecting, it's him. Um, and there's something else I was going to add about him, but I don't remember. But, I, but again, he's just another guy that's, that's super cheap. And as you mentioned, he's got that athletic profile.
1: He led the Eagles interceptions last year, Jimmy. Too. Oh, did he? Else <laughs> too. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just think it's interesting, especially, when you think about what the future might hold for Kayvon Wallace. Cause I don't know what kind of role Kayvon Wallace is going to have in 2021. Like, I think a lot of people, I think there's a disconnect in terms of like, like, Oh, like Kayvon, you know, is going to have this big role or whatever. And mm-hmm. maybe he will, but I just like, I think he's behind Epps on the depth chart. And I just don't think a lot of people like either recognize that or want that to happen or willing to see that. So I kind of just wonder what kind of role, like Wallace is even going to have, he's going to be on the team obviously this year, but I just, I don't really know what his playing time is going to look like.
2: Yeah. Like he seemed like a pretty natural fit for the Jenkins role uh, to mm-hmm. sort of take that over. Like Mills play there for one year and then he'd take that over in 2021 and beyond, but we don't know if that role is going to exist in this new defense. So, and, and also like to be prior to the 2021 season, like I think you and I obviously would have both said, you know, who's the rookie who's going to play the most for the Eagles this year. And it's Jalen Rager. But then after that, like who would you have said? Probably it would be probably Kayvon Wallace, right? And then he just didn't. Like he only he got he barely got like 200 snaps in the regular defense uh, this past season, and a lot of that was was you know because of injury and and not because of like merit or anything like that. So like uh, he's and I don't know. I, like I haven't taken a close look of how he actually played in those games. But he certainly didn't stand out in a positive way anyway. So yeah, I mean he's a he's a guy that uh his he'll be on the team because they use a fourth round pick on him, obviously, but in terms of having a role in the defense in 2021,
1: I'm not so sure. There were a lot of missed tackles from him last year. And okay. uh, you know, that's something you work on, whatever, maybe makes a leap year one to year two. But I would just I just like I would just the point of me saying this, I would just caution being like, Kevon Wallace, breakout, superstar, year two. I just don't know. Uh let's get Finish this up, Jimmy, with special teams real quick. Jake Elliott, they can't. The Eagles can't move on from him, uh, contract wise. Um, so he'll be back. He's back for uh, another year for sure. If he has another bad struggles. year, he'll be, he'll be gone in 2022. Um, I guess do the Eagles bring it? So the Eagles aren't going to bring anyone in camp probably for to compete against Elliott this year. I don't think there's a point because he's not going anywhere. <laughs> like so,
2: if you, you want to bring in a guy and give him some false heat, then sure. Uh-huh. But he's not going anywhere. So yeah. do you, do, would you rather just have the roster spot on some other position?
1: Right. Um, yeah, like an undrafted rookie, maybe at most. Uh, Rick Lovato will be back, obviously, had that bad snap in the Cardinals game, which I guess is one of the few that stand mm-hmm. out from him. But he'll be back. And then Cameron Johnson, I think we've both talked about this before, but he shouldn't be tendered um, because it's going to be what? It's like a couple It'll million, a basically, little
2: more, a little more than two million to, to yeah,
1: to, to tender him as a restricted free agent. So so, what they'll do is h- handle it like Corey Clement, basically. Exactly. Where, yes. like they don't tender him, they're going to renounce. And I think some of that might catch some people by surprise, it's like oh, we're not keeping Cam Johnson. Well, <laughs> yeah. not necessarily. They're, they're probably just going to bring him back, assuming well, he'll become, no one else really
2: becoming an unrestricted free agent once they don't yeah. tender him. So the, yes. the rest of the league will have a shot at him if they want him, which I don't mm-hmm. see happening. I think you know. You know, he's a, like a below average punter, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I don't
1: think he's going to go anywhere
2: and he'll come back with the Eagles. He was a, I don't want to say he's a below average punter, period, but he was in 2020.
1: And he will be competing with Aaron Sibas, mm-hmm. a fellow Australian, Jimmy, who actually had some good numbers um, and is an interesting kind of player. So that could be a legit competition next year. Big, big thing for you to follow in terms of uh, timing right. the hang time. And training. That's going to be a legit, it's a legit battle. It, it will be, I, I think, between Johnston and, and Sibas. So, uh, you can have that to look forward to.
2: The last time they signed a punter to a futures contract, by the way,
1: was when they signed Cameron Johnston back yep. uh,
2: after the 2017 season when it was possible that Donnie Jones was going to retire. And then he did, and then Cameron Johnston became the punter.
1: So we'll see how that goes. And then last thing here, Jimmy, before we get out of here, I just wanted to rip your trash take on Girl <laughs> Scout cookies. I feel like we've talked about this before, but it's I been think a when, while. Yeah,
2: when I When I put it out last year, I mean, all I did was retweet it and say this is still correct. But I had I just my power rankings, uh, just so everyone knows, uh, were as follows: number one, tagalongs. I don't know if people know them as that anymore, but they're the peanut cream patties. Number two, thin mints. Three, toffee tastics. Four, lemon ups. Nobody knew what that was. Five, tree foils, which I think they're just the shortbread. Four were dosy Those are like the oatmeal cookies with the peanut butter inside. Seven s'mores. And uh, eight, this is the one that like eight and last is the one that got a lot of heat. A lot of people love these cookies, the Samoas, which I think they're named something else now. Caramel Delights. That's it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I got a lot of heat on my low ranking for Samoas just because I I think coconut is gross. But (laughs) but yeah, so I I assume that that's where your bone of contention
1: is as well. I too don't even like coconut, but you can't oh. put. And also, I feel like last time I brought this up, you said you didn't even have those because you don't like coconut. That's insane! You can't rank <laughs> them last so confidently and say they're terrible when you haven't even had them. I think oh, I think we the, have cookie, the same
2: argument. I remember this argument now. We had the same argument yeah, last year.
1: The cookie is so good that it like transcends <laughs> the coconut to me. Like I don't even <laughs> notice the coconut. It's not. I think there's things with coconut that have like long shreds and like you can't yes. really get by it because it's like it's just gross and it's like just texture i think when it's like chopped up so finely kind of like it is in this format like you don't even like really notice that it's there at least i don't so terrible and also i just don't think girl scout cookies are all that great outside of the like, i'd rather just have almost no i'd either have samoa's caramel delights or nothing
2: yeah uh brent cohen uh tweeted a response to that and he said uh Oh, he was mad at like the ranking. And then he said, I went back and I looked at your old tweet on that. And he said, I was happy to see how mad uh, I got the last time he put this out too. <laughs> and so the great Denise uh, Selman also trashed me uh, two consecutive years as well. So you're in good company with those guys.
1: All right. So uh, that does it for this week. Before we go, last thing I want to say is check out the Espionation NFL show uh, make sure you rate review We got over to the 100 mark So thank you for those who did There's some actually Some Carson Wentz talk To me on that feed this week With myself uh, With RJ Ochoa Who I'm sure you know From Blogging the Boys uh, My co-host Stats So uh, not just You know General NFL talk But actually Eagle stuff On there too So go actually, check that out
2: so, uh, Can we get to one more thing Real quick As, as long as you sure. mentioned Other writers around the league Therese mm-hmm. Paler Did you know him at all?
1: I didn't know him personally At all But I obviously I saw You know Passed away way too young and um yeah it's really sad him and uh, chris wesling who was
2: uh, one of yes. the writers for nfl's uh, or i did know him uh, fairly not fairly well but i did know like i i we knew you were in communication with him. with him talk to him when we when we see each other at various uh, nfl events or whatever uh he actually recommended me for for a job once upon a time back in the day so uh my gratitude to him always for that but yeah he was he was very young as was uh, 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 Therese Paler, who uh, covered the Chiefs for a long time. You and I were at the Eagles – at the, uh, the Super Bowl party um, uh, prior to the Super Bowl uh, at the Mall of America when the Alex Smith trade broke. He's the one who broke that trade. Um, so I've met him before. I don't really know him well. But I know that, like – you see, like, the that outpouring of, like um, – just grief and, con- and condolences and whatever for guys like Chris and Trez like after they pass away and you realize like how they sort of like uh, impacted other people around the league and just uh, readers and such. And uh, it sucks and that, that we lost both of those guys like super young. So I just wanted to mention them very quickly and uh, my heart is out to their families.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, not to get all existential and uh, deep here, but, but life is fleeting. You know, it's it's, it's sad. It's um, I think it's especially in our field, it's easy to like almost, uh, I don't know. It's just like covering the Eagles. Like it's so day to, my life is so day to day, you know, and with the team. So it's just like sometimes I guess I feel like I can lose scope of the big picture. And you see some things like that and it kind of like brings you back and it makes you feel like, um, you know, you just don't take things for granted and tell the people, you know, I know it's cliche, but like tell the people you love that you love them you know when they're here too cuz like one of the things that makes me so sad when those people pass away too is like i hope you know they felt this loved when they were here because um so it would be great you know you don't right. you don't want to like you know it should not take like you dying for everyone to be like talking about how great you are like let's yeah. talk about how great and how how we appreciate each other jimmy i appreciate you you've been a great friend I'm co-host first. mentor for the years so don't be dying on me i'm getting i'm like <laughs> i'm starting to tear here so so uh yeah are, are certainly um thoughts and prayers everything you know with those families and uh yeah it's tough it's a tough way to end the podcast it's a somber note but um chris actually uh, I think, did get a little bit of that before he passed on because yeah he had, he, oh he, yes he battled cancer for like years
2: right uh, whereas therese was more sudden i don't know exactly how he died but um uh, it was it was more unexpected with him
1: Hmm. uh so we'll be back here potentially in the near future when a carson wentz trade drops if it ever happens we'll see um so make sure you know subscribe check out the Solak show by the way uh you know solac's doing his his solo thing now you can check that out on the feed uh the other shows will be coming your way review, review, review darling ben Solak. review darling ben Solak. um uh, one last thing jimmy uh, i know we're extending the show it's just rolling and rolling on but i wanted to read a review from mario cap uh who who Titled the name after or titled the review after his name. Also Mario cap, Jimmy and Brandon. Great job. I think it is time to move on from Carson. Wish him the best, but it seems that he does not want to stay in Philly. My humble opinion is that Jalen hurts will become a very good, but probably not a great quarterback. And by the way, this review was a week from last Thursday. So a little, a little prescient maybe here before the, yeah. the when stuff even hit ahead. So shout out to Mario cap for leaving a review. We'll always try to read those. If you Leave us some. So thank you for that support. Um, yeah, we'll be back again. Maybe in the near future, we'll see. This has been BGN Radio 168, brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. BGN.
0: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals.